Welcome back. Welcome back to the Reframe Your Artistry interviews, speaking with people who think big picture while doing beautiful things right here, right now. Today's guest is Kevin Manning. He recently released the album Folk Beds and can be found through his platform on Instagram, Far Pines Music, or at Far Pines Music. And he's a past winner of the Milk Boy Cafe Singer-Songwriter Contest, and occasionally can be heard on the excellent Philly indie radio station, 88.5 XPN. I'm biased in loving Kevin's music, and he has evolved into somewhat of a brother from another mother to me. <laughs> <laughs> we first met when I was fortunate to be front row at his quite cringeworthy <laughs> concerts covering Dave Matthews Band mm. at mm -hmm. a night church. <laughs> Not a great combo. Not a great combo, but it was a start. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was during a time when we were teenagers and he was duetting his co-partner in the Dave Matthews covers was someone I was dating at the time. Flash forward, I re-met Kevin through my spouse, Michael, who is one of Kevin's best friends. And um, that spouse, by the way, is not the same person I was <laughs> dating the back then. <laughs> No offense to that teen romance. Um, but, but I have met my mature partner and I've gathered along the way that Kevin has certainly met his mature partner too in the lovely Tara. And um, so that certainly integrates into our world and our artistry undeniably and our connection. And however, most pertinent to the Reframe Your Artistry community we're going to get curious today and be privileged to zoom in on Kevin's maturity and his, his growing into his personal identity and specifically his artistic identity. How did he do this? Well, we're going to dig in. And I want to hear from you, Kev, specifically, like how do you go from covering somebody else's music to how I have come to know you as someone quite capable, juggling the deepest and at times most complex emotional experiences, given that I've, I've been privy to much of some of your experiences losing a first love to cancer. And, and you've been finding your way to steady yourself find your voice through an anchor of music and musical storytelling. So it's, it's, it's so much richness that, and, and bravery that I, and inspiration I wish to share with the Reframe Your Artistry community today. So I appreciate you bravely offering that. You're truly a mindful artist, meaning that in this moment, we are carrying around and juggling many different mixed forces at one time. 
not denying, not fixating. And I look forward to getting an overview of what it looks like to be you, the mindful artist. Let's start off kind of easy-ish. That's okay, Kev. Sure. Easy-ish. <laughs> Why and when did you start singer-songwriting? <laughs> well, thanks for the intro, Jess. That was, uh, that was kind. I can, I can tell you there's been a lot of cringeworthy covers over the years, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, it all started, uh, so, I mean, in my, in my life, you know, music has been really central, important. Um, that particular art form has been really important my, my entire life, really. I mean, my, some of my earliest memories actually are um, of, of like specific performances or stuff that was just kind of exciting in our family to, to watch, you know. Um, Michael Jackson do the moonwalk or like, you know, stuff like that, which is pretty, I was very young, you know, when that was going on. Um, but, you know, so in general, kind of music was always, always around. And, um, you know, my parents um, had a, had a, had a good record collection, you know, um, a lot of Motown and like Stevie Wonder and stuff like that. So, you know, it was, it was, and it, you know, different kinds of stuff. It wasn't just, um, it wasn't just Motown, but, um, and it just kind of progressed, you know, in, in starting with me having kind of an interest in a, and some kind of like aptitude to play musical instruments. I mean, I played the viola and the trumpet when I was, <laughs> when I, I was really young. Didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, now those didn't really catch on uh, <laughs> so, so much. Um, so those kind of fizzled out like in, in middle school. But um, then a couple years later, um, when I was in high school, um, I discovered the guitar and, and the guitar, it, it kind of was by accident. It was just, um, so, you know, again, kind of going back to my family, there's, there's a lot of musicians in my, in my family in general on, on both sides. Um, so, you know, they're, you know, my uncles were kind of always, always playing, tinkering with their guitars. They, you know, they, they, they all kind of seemingly <laughs> could pick up a guitar and play a tune. Um, and then I, I had, you know, again, on both sides, some, some really kind of brilliant musicians too, some um, people that really kind of went for it and, and, um, and either, you know, became professional musicians or were just very, very strong musicians. So there's kind of a lot of that flow in, in there in the family. Um, but the way that the guitar kind of appeared in my life was, is kind of an interesting story because it, my sister, my oldest sister, um, she was talking to my, my cousin. Yes. Like another, another, uh, you know, uh, she's a, she's a like a super talented singer songwriter in her own right. Um, and still plays, plays a lot today. She had an old guitar that she wasn't using anymore. And my sister asked her if, if uh, she could borrow it and just see if she would, you know, catch on and, and, and enjoy playing. And it turns out that she didn't really, really, you know, uh, um, want to play or, you know, just didn't have the time or whatever, but it happened to be just kind of lying around. So I ended up picking it up 
one day and um I just kind of like fell in love with it I think I um you know for for a lot of different reasons I think I was trying to you know um it was like in in other areas of my life like kind of like a challenge to just like learn a skill is is something that I've kind of always tried to <laughs> tried to do or like you know just just try to latch on to something and I think I had a, I had you know some degree of like uh, innate you know like sense of like how it should work um, mm -hmm. and then kind of combining those th two things I just kind of latched on to it and I tried to just learn everything I could and um, at the time like you know <laughs> Nirvana you know stuff like that was was really popular and they had just done the unplugged um sessions so um so you know basically you know an acoustic guitar is kind of running that show so i ended up um learning all those songs and i and you know that was i just tried to try to figure out how to play them and um i spent a lot of time you know trying to figure that out um yeah. so and then yeah from there it just kind of blossomed i mean i think in in certain periods of my life like it turned or at some point it kind of turned more from like a hobby or something i was just trying to kind of pick up to something deeper like a deeper journey for myself so mm -hmm. um yeah so that's the yeah. well that's really rich i wanted delve into that deeper yeah. angle. I'm curious to go back for a second. Um, and I, I wanna underscore for our audience too, that your journey is quite relatable. I think we, when you have that marriage of an intuitive sense with mentors or people that you, you do look up to at first, like you said, you picked up on and wanted to learn how to play those songs. So certainly that is the foundation. I never want to minimize <laughs> yeah. you know, how to, to play like those you admire or do like those you admire, but certainly you've continued the, the creative trajectory to make things your own. Um, one thing though, from that intuitive musicality, one thing I admire and appreciate about your work is that there is a bit of a understated rawness to your voice did you ever at any point classically train with your voice I, to my knowledge you haven't but you just seem to have a very natural um down-to-earth voice when you do the singing portion oh thanks yeah it's uh, i actually i actually did take voice lessons in um in college okay. <laughs> um and that at that time in my life i think i you know i was trying to um that was kind of like when I've got the bug to like try to take it to the next level. Um, when I was in high school, I never even thought about singing or, um, you know, performing or anything like that, like actually playing in front of people. In college, something, you know, there, there were some specific moments actually that, that kind of, um, got me to the place where I wanted to kind of take it further and I felt like I needed to um you know it was a it was an opportunity for for me because I was 
you know, learning stuff in general that I could kind of, this is something else that I could maybe try to get, get better at, or if there was tricks to, to improve, um, upon, you know, what's, what's there on the surface, just try to try to get deeper with it. And, um, yeah, so I actually, I actually did now. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's funny cause it's like, you know, when you take voice lessons, it's more of like, you know, you, you're learning more for like musical theater, like, you know, that, that kind of thing. You're not necessarily learning how to sing like Bob Dylan or something, you know, so eventually you kind of yourself even, right. Or you sing like yourself. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I think that I learned some things, but but eventually it kind of all reverts back to like how far you want to take it and, and going further by, by taking it further, you have to kind of continue to find your voice, you know, yeah. it's just kind of like a circle back to yourself, you know? Uh -huh. yeah. So a bit of like a tango back and forth between mm -hmm. seeds of inspiration and training. Yeah. And really what I call those mindful moments for the artist pausing long enough to find that space of what is authentically you. Exactly. And yeah. That that's where the magic starts to happen. So as the magic was starting to percolate, Kev, can you take me to that moment then where you said that you were starting to deepen your curiosity between, um, oh, art uh, and music as a hobby versus like something I may want to take more seriously. And I'm also curious, because we share a love of mathematics. We're both, you know, I don't meet many people who were openly math majors. We were both math <laughs> majors, woo! We were so weird, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but the more I kind of learn about abstract mechanisms, maybe it makes sense the same kind of open creative problem solving that makes for good uh, pure mathematicians. <laughs> right. Some, some decent creative problem solvers, but Kev, can you tell me about that deepening? And then if there was any tension between like, well, how much can I explore this versus I have to do something a little bit more traditional or reliable? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, so for me um, in college, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I, was, when I was growing up, sports were also very big in my life. So I was playing soccer all the time. And, yeah. and in college, that was kind of like, waning away and um you know and i think i was trying to <laughs> to pick up something else to like kind of fill the void in time and kind of identity that was going on with the soccer stuff but um so that was kind of going on and then um i actually remember yeah a couple like significant things one in particular because the um and uh, you know, it kind of relates back to my family and, you know, music being important, but um, we, so my oldest sister, Liz, we went to see the Cowboy Junkies. I don't know if you remember the Cowboy Junkies. Um, they, they were, uh, you know, they, they were playing a show in Baltimore and um, the opener to that show was a guy named Josh Rouse who uh, still, still plays Cowboy Junkies, I think, are still doing stuff. But um, Josh Rouse 
was an alternate, like he was an indie folk musician, you know, basically. And, um, you know, in, in like the, the vein of like guy, guy up there playing guitar, but it, um, it felt just a little bit different to me when I, when I saw him and, and he was like super relatable to like myself, like, you know, like he, I think like when you're younger, like there was parts of Kurt Cobain, I guess that I related to, but like, not really. And like, like more the bigger music, like, um, it's hard to, to say someone bigger than Nirvana, but, um, like like the larger than life kind of characters like Mick Jagger or something like that. Like it's it's like hard to relate to that person, you know, right, because right. it's like so like, you know. But this you Josh Rouse PN influencers too, but yeah, Josh Yeah, Rouse. yeah, yeah. Josh Rouse was just way more like I could kind of see like, oh I could maybe I could maybe I could do that, you know. Um it was that kind of moment. And I um I think from that, I got really into his music. And um, I think that's really when I started to think like, yeah, maybe I could just, maybe I could go to the coffee house and sing, you know, um, and, and do that. So that, that was kind of the, um, the, the impetus, I think, to take it a little further. And then um, also at that time, so my college roommate, Tom Rush, um, yeah, Tom, shout out to Tom, um, was doing a lot of writing at the time. So, and he was, he, he didn't play, he wasn't playing guitar or anything, but, um, and we roomed together all four years. So, so we were always listening to music and kind of analyzing stuff and like what we liked and what we didn't like, but, um, but he really had a, an interest in, in writing lyrics and that's kind of a bridge to like, <laughs> Uh, more recent times of of the songwriting and and um, but he was a really significant part of the whole thing on on a couple different levels I mean he always like pushed me to to pursue it um, a little bit further and deeper than I than I maybe would have otherwise um, and oh that's beautiful did yeah. you feel conflict with your academic or personal career before we hear maybe a, a Tom Rush Kevin collaboration? No collaboration. Um, did I did I feel conflict? You say or yeah? Like, did you feel like you could be both exploring your artistry in college and having kind of other academic pursuits? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, in college, like the, the, I think it, you know, yeah, it's, in, in college, it's easier to like, to kind of explore different things. I mean, you know, looking back, you know, we all look back and like, can't believe how much free time I actually had <laughs> in college versus like your working, your working life. So I think that became more of a challenge probably you know, going into like the workforce and then trying to navigate that at the time. But in college, it was pretty, um, yeah, and there probably are some parallels, like going back to the math, the math major thing. Um, I mean, certainly like trying to figure it out and trying to like problem solve your way through like 
you know, the steps you need to take to, to figure out how to, how to play a song or, you know, um, I think there's a lot of parallels there, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's all, it's all interesting to see how it interplays, <laughs> but. It is. Yeah. So we'll get to the more recent years in a moment. Would you be willing to grace us with? Oh yeah. Uh, a brief snippet from. Sure. Perhaps is it a Tom Kevin collaboration you're gonna play from those years? Or? Yeah. So this is um. Ready? This is a, a Tom Rush lyric, and um, and I would say that, yeah, this this song "Leaving St. Paul" um, is is one that like got got the creative juices going to even like you know pursue my own voice a little bit uh a little bit deeper too so so this is a tom tom rush lyric that i put to uh to the song so all right i'll just play a verse <laughs> please is this leaving st paul what's that yeah leaving st paul oh, yeah my favorite okay go for it St. Paul without hope Fresh on my lips Now I'm heading to where the hippie girls live Cable cars still exist That's not bad The entire point you see But I'm telling you this search may inevitably break me. That's the first verse. Kev. <laughs> I don't know how that sounded. But... <laughs> uh, I have the self-proclaimed art snob, despite, you know, <laughs> coming full circle to loving mindful art. And maybe that's part of my snobbery, but that is one of my favorite pieces of art. So thank oh. you. Uh, <laughs> And I think beauty can really come from dynamic collaboration. So you and you and Tom created something really beautiful there. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it, it pairs well with the simplicity of voice and acoustics. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, in, in that particular lyric and song, I feel like there's a nice balance between kind of wrestling to figure stuff out, mm -hmm. a bit of emotionality and acknowledgement to the emotional space. After college, and more so a few, several years later, almost a decade later, we reconnected. I am aware that that was a vibrant <laughs> decade for you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, vibrant in the sense of I think you moved through so much maturity and life experience rapid fire yeah yeah um how do you think that that affected your music how do you think it inspired it and how did you learn to balance kind of what 
what was kind of emotional weight at the time with conveying something that was also like a catharsis and a narrative that could be heard by other audiences and not completely alienate people like, dude, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> how did you find that balance and, and how were you affected by your lived experience then if you're willing to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it was very difficult um, time for a lot of different reasons. And I, I mean, honestly, when I, um, so yeah, like kind of, it's a, it's a bridge between when I left college and then, you know, kind of almost, yeah, basically a decade later, um, really had kind of lost touch with music for a while there because I, that was, you know, ties into what I, what I had said before with like, I just found, you know, with, with the, the working life, you know, it's just kind of hard to, to, to balance all that because you just have less time and um, in general, but um, yeah, but so I yeah, was going through some pretty serious things in my personal life. Um, and uh, that, that kind of, yeah, I guess it was a couple things. I mean, I, it was, you know, my continuing kind of, at that time, um, kind of like a decade later, um, Tom had, you know, continued to, to write and he had, he had sent me like a new batch of songs and leaving St. Paul was one of them. Um, and, and it was kind of like tied up with, um, what was going on in my, in my, in my personal life. And those two things kind of propelled it to say like, okay, I do need this release. Like I, I need to, um, be able to uh, to kind of deal with some things so I was able to like use his his lyrics and and match up with like kind of emotion that was going on in my life because even at that time um, lyrics I mean lyrics are still hard for me so lyrics are just it's difficult you know to convey something without sounding like too heavy-handed or cheesy or you know um, and people that can do it really effortlessly are, are like, you know, I'm just so impressed by it, but. Yeah, yeah, but I surmise it's different parts of the brain where mm -hmm. I think you're really connected and it may be that mathematical brain at the abstract, yeah. pre-verbal level and mm -hmm. um, you get an emotionality at a different level and that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is interesting because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it can be, and it, it's part of the process for me that's very anxiety provoking. <laughs> um, I, I much better enjoy the, the working out of the song and, um, you know, how the parts are all going to fit together and, you know, kind of getting in the flow and that, in that part of it. But, yeah. um, but anyways, yeah, but so like the Tom, Tom's lyrics and then, my you know stuff that was going on with uh, uh my my girlfriend jess at the time um with with her cancer diagnosis and everything it kind of yeah it just it kind of inspired something else and and um that's when i was able to you know record the first ep that i did and um get those songs out into the world um you know so it, that was uh that was definitely an important time for me because you know you know even at that at that time i hadn't really released anything i hadn't really like you know come up with 
with a song, you know, um, to, to put, put a song out to the world or something that I was comfortable with. Right. Um, so, yeah, so the, it, was, it was definitely a couple things that kind of got me to that point. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I noticed is you kind of left somewhat of the rigid working for others working world. You did something a little bit more flexible with your career through financial planning, mm-hmm. quite gifted at, but that gave you a flexible schedule. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, and then I think you were also taking a songwriting class with one of yeah. our, our team yeah. idols from Huffamoose. <laughs> I know. I had to be like careful because I, I didn't want to freak him out because I was like, yeah, Huffamoose, we used to listen to you all the time. <laughs> yeah, your secret save with me, Brent. He's James forever. <laughs> Yeah. everybody james exactly. yeah. Yeah. in the late 90s um so you took a songwriting class and i feel like during that period where you moved through and dealt with the personal life experiences made shifts in your career and then the class also there seemed to be a growth in confidence and just putting yourself out there to the more mature artist, which brings us a little bit more to present day. I was privileged, of course, to be at your wedding and just flooded with so many positive and, and, and complex emotions at your wedding, particularly when I listened to the song that you wrote (laughs) for your first dance with Tara again like very authentically done it wasn't like a, a super sappy love song it was authentic <laughs> yeah. um so you've continued to kind of grow in skill grow in nuance with what you're producing and the emotionality um so where you stand at this point in your life kev how do you think of your identity do you think of yourself as okay I'm a financial planner with this artistry and musicianship on the side do you think that you have equal weights career how do you think of your identity at this point yeah it's um yeah I think it's you know it 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 always music always felt like more than than a hobby you know to me it felt more important than that um yeah, so my work, like my day job, my my financial planning work that I do, um, you know, I I think it's it's really important, and you know, we have we have great clients, and um, you know, we really take pride in the work that that we do there. But it is really important to me to keep up the music and you know make sure that it's you know a part of my life. Um, so it's yeah, it's just a it's kind of that constant balance of of it, of it all. Um, you know, and I think like with the songwriting class and, you know, that I'm just always trying to make it better, you know? So I'm trying to make the songwriting better and I'm trying to like tune in or, you know, with, with stuff that, um, I really want to put out into the world. So the ways that I can make it better, you know, I, I want to continue to, to kind of work on that. In fact, I just signed up for another songwriting course um, by another artist that I that I like that I just saw uh, recently. So it's just kind of a constant journey, you know, to to try to you know just keep 
keep making it a little bit better and a little bit more interesting and um you know over time so the, the extent that i can uh keep it up you know with my with my day job is really important <laughs> to me. Day job, please do keep it up and now the very exciting much anticipated soon to be fatherhood path yes yeah yeah that's really exciting yeah it's it it's um you know i guess it's yeah to uh, remain to be seen how how that's all gonna uh play you know if i if i have any time <laughs> right i was quite terrified um protective even of my creative life at first as i entered motherhood and i noticed that there's such um kind of a natural flow a reinvigoration and a reopening of creative spaces through parenthood and through the eyes of of your child so i i cannot wait to see what this next chapter is like for you kev oh cool thanks <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna put the guitar you know in his hands as early as possible so <laughs> i'm sure you will and um he will be very grateful for that and i'm sure likewise it'll be a nice mirrored exchange um so what do you think the future in general with all your knowledge of music and art what's the future going to be like I and mean, right now we're living in a world that's so market driven a lot of really polished recordings for instance right mm. um, very little give back and credit to the actual artists <laughs> mm, yeah uh -huh. um, what's the future of art and music that you think or that you hope it would be like yeah, yeah, it's interesting because the because on the one hand, I mean, it's never been—I mean, it's never been easier to get your songs out into the world, right? Um, you know, so me as an independent mm -hmm. artist without a record label, without, and you know, that whole model is is so different today. But um, but even still, there are there are independent record labels that you know, promote music and, um, but, you know, just, there's so many of us like, like myself that are just independent. And um, so from, but from that perspective, to be able to launch your project out into the world. And, you know, I think a lot of people have different views on Spotify <laughs> and the way that they pay out artists is, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous when you look at like, you know, the streams that you get versus the any kind of compensation that you get um but the counter to that is that you know for me it's very exciting for me to see like my music being played in different countries in the world you know in brazil or um you know there's yeah. there you know you can kind of see that data and it's it's pretty cool you know when you when you see um that your song has been been listened to by someone you know that that you have no idea who they are um because when you know when you first start out all you get all the only feedback is you get from your friends and family friends and family <laughs> outside the mennonite church yeah outside the mennonite <laughs> church exactly um but yeah so yeah yeah so that's that's exciting um and i think it's exciting for for other independent artists in my boat um but i will say you know in the age of just instagram and you know the the social media where you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling i do feel like 
there's certain things that get diluted and you know just it's hard to just keep your attention on stuff that that might have otherwise been super important to you and i i just think about that with like um i mean because like total like my whole life it's always been the you know there's that that scene in garden state where Natalie Portman like hands the shin song to Zach Braff or what that his name Zach Braff <laughs> um yeah yeah and and says like listen to this song like it'll change your life and some people think that's like a cheesy line but it, that was that's actually very very that hit me pretty hard because that's that's how it was for me I mean it was like you know listen to this thing it's gonna it's gonna be really important to you like and 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 it was you know so i just wonder about um like kind of the taking it back to my 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 son and like being a father and stuff like spotify it's like you can you can find everything which is great like because like something will come up and be like oh, I've, i need to listen to that old bootleg or, or whatever like you can you can find anything but at the same time, you can like find nothing because there's so much stuff on there and it kind of gets lost. And, you know, so right. it's, I, I think uh, like record, like the physical records and cassette tapes and stuff, like that's important to like, make sure that the next generation has that because the yeah. tangible yeah. aspect of it's really yeah. important. Yeah. I feel that way in a sacred way about books, for instance. Yes, yes. really. Yeah um so that there's the history there's the tangible and then there's kind of the unknown and i think the greatest investment you've started to underscore in the unknown is to show up authentically as you are right here right now and to be open to continue growing uh, whether it's classes or as you said um going back to and going forward through your primal inspirations and I'm so glad you brought up Garden State because I couldn't remember the name of that group, Shins, but I often think of Bell and Sebastian and Shins as the yes, most yeah. uh, comparable to things I enjoy and, and similar to your own style, those kinds of musicians. So yeah, you're a real Bell and Sebastian Shins kind of music. Oh uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, will you um, close us out here before I say goodbye um, with something, a little excerpt from your most recent work? Sure, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, so that, yeah, the new record just came out and um, it was my first like full length album. So that, that was uh, pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this is a song called Fire Alarms off that. So I'll just play, yeah, play a little bit of the beginning of it. Sorry, my, I'm gonna start over here. Let's see if that gets right. We around the party like a freewheeling weekend. Rolling song the factory cars. The fireworks they bought on the freeway. They let them loose in the backyard. Hugs and kisses to a young descent. 
is shorter i probably could have played the whole thing but that's okay <laughs> just want to you want to get our taste buds percolating to check out the real deal and and people can learn about your platform and there's links at far pines correct through instagram yeah through instagram yep fabulous uh kevin thank you so much for your generous time and vulnerability and, and wisdom today. And I hope maybe we'll continue the conversation a year from now when, when you got an infant running around. Yes, and hopefully another project at that point. So yeah, we'll keep it going. Well, Jess, yeah, of course, this is so fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kev, and thank you to my listeners. May you feel inspired and see through the growth and um, willingness to put oneself out there in both imperfect emotional states and imperfect ways to uh, live, live your purposeful life through true artistry. So take care and talk to you okay. next time.